Hey, you're listening to Thinking Out Loud And I'm your host, Raystein Hi, how you doing? It's been a while, um, but I'm back And today we are just going to be talking about the kind of the cases of Harvey Weinstein and Epstein. I know that those are pretty recent uh, topics of news, but what really brought me to want to talk about that in this episode is um, something that happened with one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite musicians, Ricky Garcia. He recently sued one of his um, I want to say it was like his manager or an executive of some sort for sexual abuse. So this is, I kind of wanted to talk about some cases like that. I don't know all the details of Ricky Gar- Garcia's situation, but it seems like he's doing better and that's that's okay with me it's just <laughs> yeah i'm just going to get right into it <laughs> all right this article that we are going to be reading is from currentaffairs.org I will put the link in the description, as always, but the article was posted on October 6th, 2017, so last year, about, there about, yeah, it was last year, okay, (laughs) sorry, I just haven't done this in a while, um, but the article is called, The World is Full of Harvey Weinsteins, so we're gonna be reading that. These kinds of bosses are everywhere, and they shouldn't be tolerated. By Nathan J. Robinson Bigwig Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, already notorious for his sometimes violent temper, tantrums, and general ruthlessness, has been revealed as a serial sexual harasser. According to a New York Times investigation, Weinstein offered... er, not offered, often lured women to his hotel room on the pretense of a job interview, where Weinstein would appear in a robe and ask them to give him a massage or watch him shower. Um, no, I would just be out of there, like, like, um, no, I'm gonna go find work elsewhere. He would often frequently turn work-related discussions sexual. That's that's weird. To the point where some women would avoid ever meeting with him alone. That's that's smart. In the case of the Harvey Weinstein, I think that is a really smart thing to do. 
is to never be alone with a person that like that is like that. Like, don't be one-on-one -on -one with that person. Have someone else in the room. The fact pattern is now wearing wearingly familiar. A powerful man abuses and court I don't know that word, but C-O-E-R-C-E-S Vulnerable This is not a thinking out loud episode without the host not being able to talk, okay? Vulnerable women and uses his position to keep them quiet. Uh, mm, I have nothing to say about that. See also Trump, Cosby, Ailes, O'Reilly, all that. It really is incredible how many awful men get away with doing awful things without seriously serious public consequences. Now, once the news about Harvey Weinstein got out, the whole Me Too movement spread it was he, he he definitely got in trouble there was a public consequence because this is frowned upon in like all 50 states everywhere in the world doesn't matter if it's America or not this is frowned upon Hugh Hefner treated his girlfriends like sexual servants housed in a minimum security prison, yet received warm ob obituaries in liberal newspapers. Jeffrey Epstein, billionaire, friend to Clinton and Trump alike, raped underage girls and received a slap on the wrist. Trump on Epstein, a terrific guy who likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. In fact, so young that they're considered underage. <sighs> this is leaving me speechless. Clarence Thomas has been on the Supreme Court for over two decades because Joe Biden didn't care what Anita Hill had to say. So this is covering like a list of people that are just like Harvey Weinstein. O'Reilly sexually harassed women for years, yet just knocked Hillary Clinton off the top of the bestsellers list and walked away from Fox with $25 million. Regardless of one, one's opinion of Clinton, it's depressing and infuriating watching the country's most prominent female pol politician repeatedly edged out by harassers. <sighs> yeah. I could spend 10,000 words just listening, listing the names of men, their despicable acts, and the various ways in which they have gotten away with them. Cosby is the exception, of course, since he was charged with a crime, 
albeit at the age of 79, but Cosby's behavior was also the worst. Since he literally committed outright rape, or allegedly committed, but come on. I'm just reading what this guy is writing. And even Cosby was able to continue his stand-up comedy tour after the facts received attention. And powerful men's impunity isn't limited to sex crimes. Consider what Joe Arpaio did to people. Or the rehabilitation of George W. Bush's reputation by liberals who like his art. The sheer amount of sexual harassment and abuse in the world is always horrifying to contemplate. Ailes and Weinstein may have been at the top of powerful companies, but their behavior is so common that the experience of it has been almost a universal fact of women's lives. Writer Ann T. Donahue asked women on Twitter to tell about their own personal Harvey Weinsteins. Knowing just how many would have Knowing just how many would have them, sure enough, she received thousands of responses, all of them incredibly disturbing. Disturbing. One says, high school science teacher, 10th grade, would make all the girls sit up front, comment on clothes, looks, looks positive and negative for years. And a reply said, your science teacher was my history teacher, it seems. The next one, he trapped me in a bathroom and tried to get me to touch his parts that we will not speak of. Family friendly, sort of. Yeah. Even after I begged him to leave. I was 16 and then this is the next one. I was 16 and auditioned for his independent pilot. He told me the scene was about seducing an, an older man and to improv with him. The next one is, I was born to my Harvey Weinstein. Oof. Oh my gosh. After Donald Trump's history of assaulting women was revealed a year ago, so this was written in 2017, Trump's been, this is Trump's last year for the first term, you know. So, all this was revealed a year ago, which would have been a, sort of around the time of elections, but yeah, I think around that time, or maybe a year after. Writer Kelly Oxford had issued a similar call for stories, and likewise received thousands of personal accounts, e.g., Older man next to me slips hand under my butt at movie theater. I was seven. I've only ever told that to two people. 
Nearly all women get sexually harassed sooner or later in their lives. And when the perpetrators are bosses or teachers or relatives, staying silent is a, about it may end up seeming the best, like the best option. It obviously isn't because you have to say you have to say something about it at some point or another, but that is completely up to you when you say it, when you feel comfortable to tell people. As Abby Wilkinson writes in The New Statesman, the more precarious a woman's job, the fewer options one has when an employer starts behaving inappropriately. The relationship between employer and employee involves an imbalance of power. Under capitalism, most of us sell our labor in order to pay for the things we need to stay alive. It should come as no surprise to anyone with even the vaguest understanding of human behavior that some employers are prepared to exploit this unequal dynamic for sexual purposes. Wilkinson writes of her own experience of the dilemma. That comes with economic powerlessness. When her own boss became flirtatious and there seemed no way to refuse without jeopardizing her job, in fact, one of the common themes of accounts submitted to Donahue and Oxford is just how difficult it was to speak up, both during the incident and afterwards. First, because of, fear of, because of a fear of offending or aggravating the harasser, let me just comment on that. It does not matter whether you offend them. They, they crossed a line with you. So at this point, you should not care whether you offend them or aggravate them, make them angry. You should not have to fear that. You have a right to speak up about this, this type of stuff. And they cannot take away that right. And second, because of doubting that anything can come from speaking out. Sometimes something does come out of speaking about it. The other times it's likely to, you've, it's likely that it's been way too long since it's happened, so nobody can do anything about it. That's just the statute of limitations for you. And in parentheses, this says, and who would you speak to anyway? Someone with authority? Maybe someone who can help you do something about it? Like your family? Or, I don't know. Poor women simply have less ability to walk away from a horrific boss. And there are so many horrific bosses. It is, as Wilkinson writes, one very good argument for being a socialist in a democrat... 
in a democratized workplace, single individuals don't wield don't wield exorbitant amounts of power over everybody else. It's all just a big power struggle. No matter what the situation is, that's basically what it is. I've never known quite how to describe it, but there's this kind of huge public lie that occurs where we pretend not to know that many people are charming in public and um to i'm just gonna say this it says something different in the article but i'm gonna say butt face <laughs> i'm laughing at the butt face thing where we pretend not to know that many people are charming in public and butt faces in private there's the Harvey Weinstein everyone pretends exists, the champion of liberal causes who hosts fundraisers for the Clintons, and the Harvey Weinstein that actually exists is in his relationships with people around him. We know that having power and status and money often turns you into a horrible person, and that the horrible person are the one and that the horrible people are the ones who will pursue those things to begin with. And yet so many of these horrible people are successful in molding a positive public image. That's because they're really great at acting. I mean, not saying that they're actors, and of course actors don't, not, I don't know, I'm not trying to gener generalize anything, but it seems like if you're this type of person that I'm talking about right here, that this article is talking about, you are really good at hiding stuff. And sometimes the stuff that you're hiding is so wrong, so illegal. And honestly, doing those things and having people speak about it, actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. And, and yet so many of these horrible people are successful in molding a positive public image I have devoted a lot of text to wondering why Bill Clinton, who seems to have treated nearly everyone around him in a manipulative and deceitful manner, is still liked by anyone. <clears throat> One of the things that struck me when reading about Harvey Weinstein is that even before the actual harassment revelations were printed, there was plenty of publicly available evidence that he was a toxic human being. After Julie Taymor disagreed with Weinstein, he shouted at her husband, I don't like the look on your face. Why don't you defend your wife so I can beat the crap out of you? The husband probably n had nothing to do with this. So why even 
why do people bring someone who wasn't even involved in the situation to begin with? Why do they bring that person into the situation if they have nothing to do with it? That's just our world. He consistently referred to one of his interns as a bad word face instead of by their name because he felt like reminding them of his superiority. He called journalist Rebecca Traster a C-U-N-T to her face and pushed her colleague Andrew Goldman down a set of steps dragging Goldman into the street in a headlock after declaring that he was the sheriff of this town. It said a bad word before the sheriff part. But again, this podcast is going to be family friendly. No bad words, but this topic is really important and everyone... I think... In today's world, more people are talking about this type of stuff because they're realizing how much it actually happens. It doesn't matter who the person is, whether they seem trustworthy when they're around other people. It doesn't matter. Because people can put on these personas depending on the type of person they're with. Nobody knows who is actually, like, we can't actually really tell who, if people are just presenting themselves as they want you to see them, or if they're actually being themselves. He was just an all around unpleasant individual. Even without the sexual harassment, people who treat others this badly shouldn't be indulged just because they run a movie studio, or they're the CEO of some company, or they're of some higher power. There is an unbelievable amount of license afforded to men who can get themselves labeled brilliant but temperamental. See, for example, director David O. Russell, who is known to humiliate and scream at his subordinate, subordinate, subordinates, subordinates, throw things, swear swear at, or even physically assault his actors. He called Lily Tomlin a female dog and a C-U-N-T, and kicked off, and kicked one of his extras who was nervous doing a scene with George Clooney. He kicked someone just for them being nervous. Why? Why? But don't miss his upcoming TV series for Amazon starring Robert De Niro. Which is probably already out, because 
This was written a year ago. Men like this are often called complicated. Their total sociopathic disregard for other people taken as a symptom of their genius. Being a sociopath is not a symptom of being a genius. Being a sociopath means... Okay, I have to... Hold on. I have to look this up. Alright. Sociopath, a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of conscience. So, yeah. I wouldn't say that that is necessarily a symptom of their genius. Being a sociopath is not a good thing. But we should heed the assessment of Vixen Daily. A guy who acts like a total piece of crap towards you isn't complicated. He's a total piece of crap. Well said, Vixen Daily. Well said. I wish there was a lot less tolerance, not just for outright harassment and assault, but for but butt faces more broadly. broadly. Bosses who treat their assistants poorly are bad people. They should never be excused because they are visionaries. Also, a lot of men christened geniuses are nothing of the kind. They're just very good at making other people feel stupid through exploiting insecurities. There are plenty of reasons why these men get away with it. The most obvious, of course is that nebulous thing called power. Yes, they get away with it because they have a lot of money, a lot of power, because they are a higher authority. Harvey Weinstein could make a... Harvey Weinstein could make or break careers. Roger Ailes would determine whether, whether a woman had a future Fox News such men such men are manipulators. So what I well, dropped the mic. It's all good. Roger Ailes would determine whether a woman had a future at Fox News. Such men are manipulators, and they use carrots and sticks. You can do very well at this organization if you cooperate, and if you don't. Good luck finding another job. They are also vicious and litigious. Litigious. I, yeah, I think I said that right. I don't know. Cosby, of course, immediately sued seven of his accusers. But, wait a minute. He was the one being accused of something he possibly actually did. I don't know the full story on the Cosby thing, but why would he be suing the accusers if he's the one who potentially did the bad thing? When the Daily Beast reported on Trump's ex-wife's 1980s allegation that he had brutally raped her, the threats 
the reporter received from Trump's lawyer were almost cartoonish. I will make sure that you and I meet one day while we're in the courthouse. I will take you for every penny you still don't have, and I will come after your daily beast and everybody else that you possibly know. So I'm warning you, tread very lightly, because what I'm going to do to you is going to be disgusting. You understand me? You write a story that has Mr. Trump's name in it with the word rape, and I'm going to mess your life up. For as long as you're on this planet, you're going to have judgments against you. So much money, you'll never know how to get out from underneath it. Nobody should wonder, then, why women don't come forward, or why they wait to go public until somebody else has. Money is power, and you really don't want a rich sociopath deciding that he will do whatever he can to ruin your life. See, this is why... That's, this is why people are so afraid to talk about it immediately. People... I've never gone through, like, something like this to... I haven't... You know what I mean. But, like, if you have not been through this situation yourself, you do not understand why these people don't just... What, you don't understand why the victims don't come out about the story right away. They don't because they're scared to. And their accusers are the ones that are threatening them, making them scared. But here's another important aspect of power. In order for it to exist, other people have to cooperate with it. And Harvey Weinstein's case is not just a story about a serial abuser, but about an industry that willingly tolerated his serial abuse. Weinstein's conduct was an, op was an open secret, mean it, which I'm assuming means it was a secret, quotation marks, around secret, but everyone knew about it in Hollywood. The parts unrelated to sex had been printed in the media. Yet people who were already very rich and famous and had nothing to lose continued to work with him. It's understandable when people who are vulnerable, like low-level employees, feel unable to say or do anything. It's less understandable when it comes from people who Harvey Weinstein had very little real power over. Hollywood, despite its reputation for liberalism, has long tolerated rampant sexism in its midst, not only in casting but in rewarding men like Dr. Dre, Bill Murray, Casey Affleck, Terry Richardson, and Johnny Depp, who have histories of sexual misconduct or violence. And of course, there's the icky ongoing industry support for Roman Polanski, over a hundred high-profile celebrities and directors, including shockingly Woody Allen and Harvey, and Harvey Weinstein, signed a petition supporting Polanski, who let us remember raped a child, possibly several, 
through, though he also did make Chinatown. For abuse to persist over a long period of time, it often requires complicity. Consider the case of Jimmy Saville. In the UK, Saville was a popular children's TV host and a major philanthropist who was knighted by the Queen. After his death, it came out that he was also a serial rapist. On an almost unimaginable scale, with thousands of victims, possibly even 1,000 just on the BBC premises, Saville donated money to hospitals who would grant him unmonitored access to the wards, where he would rape sick children as young as eight. He did this for decades at over a dozen, dozen hospitals. It was one of the most shocking acts of mass abuse in recent history. But Seville's mass attacks could not have occurred without mass complicity. Plenty of people knew that he was what he was doing. Hospital staff knew and simply warned patients he was a dirty old man. He is not just a dirty old man, apparently. Whom they should try to avoid. How are you, how is one supposed to avoid them if you're literally giving him access to the rooms and all that? How were they supposed to avoid him? How? BBC executives knew. The police knew. Heck, he even wrote in his 1974 autobiography about he managed, about how he managed to persuade the police not to press charges after coercing that's how you say it. Co coercing an underage girl t into having sex with him. He was given a knighthood in the 1990s. Oh, not 1990s. 1990. It was baffling that so many people could know about Seville's crimes and do nothing. It's understandable, of course, that the victims themselves felt powerless because of Seville's fame and power. But what's less understandable is the behavior of the bystanders. Those who knew what was going on but refrained from intervening. Some of them may have felt threatened by Seville's status. But let's be serious, he was a children's TV host. He was not exactly God Almighty. Man, many of Jimmy Seville's victims did come forward, but were laughed at or ignored. And everyone who did the laughing and ignoring was partly responsible for the continuing of the abuse. Likewise, Harvey Weinstein was a powerful guy in Hollywood, certainly. Nobody should ever lay the slightest blame upon his victims. His enablers, on the other hand, bear significant responsibilities, including those around him who allowed him to cultivate a reputation as a, com as a committed proponent of women's rights. Those journalists who had heard about Weinstein's activities but decided not to investigate should examine their own consciences. 
Rebecca Traster admitted she had known about Weinstein's private acts for 17 years, but it didn't even cross her mind to write about them, partly because Weinstein was terrifying and partly because back then I didn't write about feminism. Now I understand why Traster didn't touch the story, especially when she had watched Weinstein violently, violently attack her boyfriend. But I think it's a journalist's duty not to conceal the secrets of powerful people. From Traster's account, it seems as if journalists are very easily intimidated by the rich and famous, and it's reasonable to wonder what else is an open secret among journalists that nobody is willing to disclose. It's important for journalists who learn things like this to ask themselves, how powerful is this person really? No matter how much money someone has, they have no power over you just because they're so rich and famous. They're making themselves seem powerful to make you feel intimidated by them. We are all equals, no matter how rich or famous someone is. No matter the skin color, no matter the blood type, no matter the eye color, any physical feature or amount of wealth or fame someone has, it does not matter. We are all people. We are all in this world together. If you peel back the layers of our skin, we are all the same on the inside. But what makes us not the same is the stuff that's in our brains, what's in our heart, our values. And sometimes and people come in many different shapes and sizes, but they are still a person. Not... And I'm not saying that the, the people who do these things are not c completely human. They are human, but I'm not justifying this because it's wrong. You do not do that to someone and get away with it. There is something really, really messed up in these people's heads. And the problem is that they're listening to that, to that voice that's telling them to do this. And they feel n nothing of guilt or mercy to any of the victims. No empathy is involved. I am sure many of them worry about what someone like Harvey Weinstein might do if something came out. After all, the New York Times made sure to include a vast number of sources in the story. And Weinstein is suing them anyway, despite having seemingly admitted to the allegations. So he admitted to what he had done, but from what I can see from what I just read, there was no consequence because of how rich and famous he was. But, so he sued the people that accused him of doing this. He sued them. When really it should be the other way around. He should be the one getting sued. But journalists aren't in the motion picture industry. He can sue you, 
but if your story is well reported enough, that's often an empty threat. God bless the First Amendment in England. One reason the Seville stories never got into the press is that the law defines libel much more broadly. Donald Trump spent, spent years threatening to sue journalists who crossed him. He never succeeded. Still, they pulled punches. According to Megyn Kelly, Trump seemed worried that she would ask him about his ex-wife's rape allegation against him. And yet, Kelly didn't ask. One reason journalists need to be bolder is that it's easy to get fooled into believing a person's own portrayal of their power. But unless you're trying to get your screenplay produced, guys like Harvey Weinstein are just... I don't know if this is a nasty word, but... I'm gonna replace it with... Blockheads? So, yeah. There's nothing to lose from angering them. Journalists are often terrified of irritating people in positions of status. But I suspect that often has less to do with an actual fear of some concrete repri reprisal than the very strong human inclination not to make waves. There can also be a lot of social pressure, and if there's one thing Stanley Milgram taught us, it's that the fear of speaking up when our peers are silent can lead us to tolerate extraordinary atrocities even if the people committing them have no real power over us so if no one says so if someone doesn't say something about a situation no one will everyone will just stay quiet until someone gets brave enough to actually say hey this is happening and there's something wrong But journalists and industry insiders can make up for their long tolerance of Weinstein by refusing to play a part in his inevitable attempt at rehabilitating his reputation. Weinstein has already issued an absurd apology in which he attempts to simultaneously atone for, for and justify his behavior. When you do something as terrible as what Weinstein has been accused of, no amount of apologies can be considered valuable to the people who have heard the story, to the people who believe the stories, to the victims, to anyone who has heard about what he has done. No amount of apology is going to be accepted no amount of sorries or fixing of behavior, that's not going to fix his reputation. You can't justify your behavior when you do something like that. It's not justifiable. He blames it on growing up in the 60s and 70s. A lot of people grew up then. So. And when the culture was different. Note, 
I was a child during the decades of the women's liberation movement. What does that have to do anything with what you did, sir? That statement is not a convincing excuse for treating your female employees like crap. Previously, he has blamed his aggressive behavior on having too much sugar in his diet. Okay, I agree sugar can... I don't agree with what he's saying, but sugar can make you... It can make your body unhealthy. It can get you on a sugar high, but I don't think that that affects your behavior to make you, to make a person act like that. To make a person do those things that he did. You can't blame it on anyone, really, but yourself if you do those things. You can't blame it on anything except yourself. He also said it got better after he stopped eating M&M's. Okay? I don't think it really got better. But... Weinstein's apology statement touts his commitment to fem feminism, which it seems now is just a big cover-up but he plugs his upcoming film about the president and misquotes Jay-Z. It is not the sign of a man changed, especially since immediately after apologizing, he vowed to sue the newspaper. Yet Weinstein has already had support from attorney Lisa Bloom, daughter of Gloria Allred, who described him as an old dinosaur learning new ways. Nobody, least of all a women's rights attorney like Bloom, should be assisting in this man's attempt to justify himself. How many more monsters are there out there are there out there like Harvey Weinstein? So many. Probably some not quite as bad as him. Some far worse. Women know the world is full of creeps. It's refreshing, it's refreshing, of course, to see that we're moving into the era where this is somewhat less acceptable. Where Bill O'Reilly can be forced out of his job. But we also still live in an economically precarious world where bosses can easily exploit employees. And until that changes, the only ones stopped may be the high-profile offenders and the ones whose behaviors behavior is sufficiently well documented and repeats enough times. It often seems to be the case that anyone can get away with this for a while, and it's only when there are literally dozens of women and that anyone even begins to find the accounts plausible. While it will take a lot of efforts to change the balance of power, though so that rich crap faces are no longer allowed to do whatever they please without anything happening to them, we can at least develop a lower tolerance for such people and for the people who tolerate such people themselves. If you don't have anything to lose personally, 
it would help. There should be no excuse for not acting. The world is full of Harvey Weinsteins, and I am sick of putting up with them. I am sick of them, too. I mean, you hear all this crap on the news about these types of people sometimes. And if it's a big guy like... If it's a big, successful guy like Harvey Weinstein, then it usually tends to make waves once the stuff actually gets out. And this was around the time the Me Too movement had gotten big. Everyone was coming out about their about things that have happened to them that were sexual abuse, anything under that. And the thing is, it's not just men that are the offenders. Anyone with a messed up brain like that can do that without having any empathy or mercy. The same goes for being a victim. Anyone can be a victim. Doesn't matter what gender you are, who you claim to be, it does not matter. Anyone can be a victim. Anyone can be an offender. Well, maybe not anyone, but any gender. Any person with a sociopathic mind like that. Alright, that was a long segment, but this type of stuff really needs to be talked about, because there are plenty of people that are like this. Man or woman, there are plenty of people that are like that. Man or woman, there are plenty of people that are victims because of the offenders like Harvey Weinstein. They abuse their power, and they make others feel in- intimidated, when really, the only difference is that one has more money than the other. There is no... Nobody has any amount of power over someone else. We should have known this by now. But clearly, we don't. The world... Society does not... I thought people would have learned this by now from, like, the whole slavery thing. No amount of... No gender, no person, no race is more powerful or superior to any other race, gender, person. What I'm trying to get across to my listeners which are you guys, everyone is equal and everyone has a right to speak up. So if you are going through something where someone is hurting you or bullying you, it doesn't matter. You have every right to say something. Do not let them 
make you feel afraid. Do not let them intimidate you. Just because they seem so much stronger than you, seem have more money, it doesn't matter. And even if people don't listen, the right person will listen. The right person will do something about that. And likely, there are plenty of other people that that's, that, that person has done it to before you. Everyone has a right to speak up about this type of thing. And everyone should speak up if they have done- if- Everyone should speak up if something like this has happened to them. They should not have to feel afraid to say something. Nothing can be a power struggle like this. Nobody should have the ability to to show that they have more quote-unquote power than someone else. Because really, power is just something we made up in our minds. The power of money, the power of being a higher authority. Yes. There is power in some things, such as words and feelings. But really, we have no right to say, I'm more powerful than you, so you should, like, do what I tell you. Nobody has more power over a person. Drop the mic again. But nobody has more power over anyone else. We all have the same amount of power. We all have the same amount of rights, no matter how rich or famous a person is, we all have the same rights. And once a person's rights is violated, then something should be done about that. Something, someone, people need to hear this stuff, whether they like it or not. They need, this type of thing needs to be talked about more. And it is being talked about more than it has been in the past. Because we're realizing that this is not okay. That this is a really serious issue. And the victims are most, and the victims are not just trying to seek attention. A person, in, in my opinion, a person cannot lie about that stuff. You have to be really messed up to lie about that type of thing. That, that, to lie about that, that it's happened to you. It's never happened to me. 
things like rape. That's never happened to me, but I know people who it's happened to. And I've heard about Harvey Weinstein and Epstein and if there and if all that is true then they need to be they should have gotten more consequences than they initially did and we all know Epstein is gone from this world and honestly he was I didn't hear all the details, but if he actually did the similar things to what Harvey Weinstein did, he did deserve to be in jail. People, there is no amount of statute of limitations that should be able to say, oh, it's been too long, so this person cannot go to jail for that. If they've done it before, they probably will do it again. Because they got away with it last time. So, what's to say they can't get away with it again? Right? What's to say that they won't do it again because they didn't get in trouble last time? So, why... So... They're thinking they won't get in trouble the next time, and the next time, and the next time. And if it happens to be a big successful person who claims to have all this power over people, to have the ability to make someone feel intimidated just because they don't earn as much money as this person does, that is not right not right at all. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful life, a wonderful whatever. Stay safe out there. Bye.